time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, inalienable rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. Coming to you again from the Permian Basin this week, I'm a little bit further outside Midland for this trip, but the scenery is still the same. It is so flat and dry here, if your dog were to run away from home, you could still see him three days later. Anyway, so I'm plugging the Tennessee Freedom Summit again, and I will do so up until the scheduled event. As a reminder, it is scheduled to take place in Nashville on the 19th and 20th of August. For more information and to get your tickets, as well as to see the fantastic lineup of the great speakers, go to TennesseeFreedomSummit.com. Again, that is TennesseeFreedomSummit.com. In this week's episode, it is only fitting that we will be discussing liberty as we head into Independence Day weekend. Which reminds me again about controlling the language. We really need to reclaim this holiday as Independence Day, not just July 4th. I've been watching a lot of these man-on-the-street type interviews lately where the hosts ask random people questions. It is sad to see that not every American knows the reason for celebrating on the 4th of July. Or they do not know who we want our independence from or even the year we declared independence from England. While a lot of Americans will be hosting cookouts or heading out to beaches or the lake or other favorite long weekend destinations, I would like to ask the audience this question. Have we as a nation really forgotten what this weekend is about? Is it just about fireworks and hot dogs and hamburgers and cooking out and friends over at your house celebrating something? I would argue that there is a significant number of American citizens that do not know the details behind celebrating the 4th of July. Why? Why do you think that is? Well, maybe because it is not taught initially and then not reinforced in our government schools. Because if the government schools really did do a deep dive with children on the Declaration of Independence, as well as on our nation's history, they would discover a few things that the usurpers of liberty do not want the citizens knowing. So as a reminder of what we are celebrating this weekend, I would like to play you something that I came across a few years ago. It is the reading of the Declaration of Independence by Max McLean. It gives me chills every time I listen to it. I would like for the audience to really pay attention to the specific list of grievances in this reading. 
the list of grievances that children in our nation are not made aware of, and that is by design. Listen to all these grievances a few times. Play them for your children. Then, compare those grievances to the actions that the federal government is engaging in now, as well as the past few decades. We'll discuss a couple of those grievances as they relate to today's government later in this episode. Remember to keep this in mind, though. The federal government. It is not the sovereign in our constitutional republic. We, the people, are the sovereign. Yet the federal government is engaged in many of the same usurpations of liberty, the usurpations that cause the states to alter or to abolish their current form of government in 1776. So here's the reading, and I'll get back to you on the other side. In Congress, July 4, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right 
inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislators. He has effected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial, from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments for suspending our own legislators and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions 
have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attention to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. What'd you think about that, ladies and gentlemen? Maybe it gave you chills like it does for me. When I listen to that, or even read that document, which can be described as the best breakup letter in the history of mankind, I always try to imagine how those men actually felt the day they signed the Declaration. I'm quite sure that in addition to the resolve and fortitude each of them had, there must have been some level of fear or anxiety in what was essentially an act of treason that marked them for death if they were ever captured. But, like I asked before I played the reading, did you pay attention to the listed grievances? Really pay attention to them. Is the federal government not engaged in some of those very same activities today? Keep in mind, though, that the federal government is a creation of an agreement between the states By design, it is not an equal partner. It was created with a specific purpose in mind that today has been exceeded beyond the wildest fears of the Founding Fathers. The states, as well as we the people, through our apathy, we have forgotten how precious our liberty is and the pains our ancestors had to suffer in order to not only secure it for us, but to pass it along to us through the creation of a system of government with limited powers. I was in a discussion on the phone the other day with one of my good friends and mentor from my time on active duty about what is going on in our nation today. One of the areas we discussed 
besides the fact that our government hates us and is crushing or eroding our liberties, one of the areas was the many often hidden taxes all levels of government have opposed upon us and the fiscal irresponsibility of those same governments. I've mentioned before about the receipts we all get from gas pumps after paying at the pump and the fact that there is no itemized list of taxes on it. Have you all looked at them lately? Not just for the high prices charged, but looked at them for what is not listed on them. Every other receipt we get when paying for goods or services lists the total amount of taxes and each tax applied. The same thing for fees. But it's not the same for gasoline. I mean, just try and get out a CVS with a receipt shorter than the length of your arm. Everything is put on those receipts. I wonder why the difference. Of course, we all know the why. If the American public knew just exactly how many taxes and fees were applied to each gallon of gasoline that we purchase, it would really cause an uproar. We're all hearing about a gasoline tax holiday that the federal government is proposing to somehow ease the pain the inflation they caused is having on us. But only one specific tax will be given a holiday, not all of them, especially not the fees, which are really just another form of taxation. Whoop-de-doo, right? It especially won't be the taxes the federal government has on the oil producers, the refineries, the transportation services that get the gasoline to us. No way will the government give up all of its cash cows, especially the ones that are kept hidden from the electorate. Now, they may be minor league cash cows when compared to their biggest cash cow, which is our sweat equity, but rest assured, the reckless spending, money-hungry Uncle Sam and his 50 greedy nephews They will never give up on all of their taxes and fees. Why would they when most of the American people are completely unaware of them in the first place? Anyway, my friend was talking about stopping at a fast food establishment one day, which is a rarity for him and his family, by the way. And when he got the receipt, he discovered there were two separate taxes on it. Well, that came as a big surprise to him. I'm sure it would to anybody that got it. He got to thinking about just who thought that adding another separate tax to fast food was a good idea. Did whoever proposed that tax discuss it with their constituents? Did the other members of that state's legislature who voted that tax into law discuss it with their constituents? Probably not. Like most other usurpations of our sweat equity, it was probably hidden in what they call an omnibus spending bill or hidden in another piece of legislation as a vehicle to pay for one of the government's great ideas. Now think back to what you heard in the Declaration of Independence. These omnibus spending bills, or other pieces of legislation that come out of the Good Idea Fairy Factory, are akin to those acts of pretended legislation. While you may think that these bills are coming from a jurisdiction that is not foreign to our Constitution— You just have to look at the enumerated powers clause. If the omnibus bills or good idea fairy bills fall outside the scope of Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, they are definitely coming from a jurisdiction 
foreign to our Constitution. They've been doing that for years. Like I've told you in the past, once the new aristocracy passed the 16th Amendment, they have been crafting legislation designed to rob us of our sweat equity with more and more frequency. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the less money that we have, the less opportunities we have to exercise our liberty. Another one of the grievances in the declaration that ties in the conversation with my friend about these extra taxes is the part that states, for imposing taxes on us without our consent. There is rarely any active consent on many of these taxes and fees the usurpers have imposed on us for generations now. When was the last time any level of government had an open referendum on new taxes or new fees? Note, they slide it into legislation sold to us through their artful lies. They call it incentives or investments. They also consider our apathy as us giving them consent, though. They have been sneaky in this area and are getting more and more bold with their pretended legislation. I came across this quote the other day that has been attributed to former Soviet dissident Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I cannot verify that it comes from him, but he does have a bunch of other quotes that are attributed to him. He was a Russian novelist and one of the most famous Soviet dissidents. He was an outspoken critic of communism, He also helped raise global awareness of political repression in the Soviet Union, particularly focusing on the Gulag system that he was quite familiar with as he spent some time in the Gulag for being critical of Joseph Stalin. Anyway, in this quote, I believe it should serve as a warning to the usurpers of liberty because as we get closer to the point where the liberties of those who just want to be left alone get to be too much to bear as our republic slips closer and closer to totalitarianism, things could get bad. I believe this quote predicts what is being called the big snap. Here it is, quote, The most terrifying force of death comes from the hands of men who wanted to be left alone. They try so very hard to mind their own business and provide for themselves and those they love. They resist every impulse to fight back, knowing the forced and permanent change of life that will come from it. They know that the moment they fight back, their lives as they have lived them are over. The moment the men who wanted to be left alone are forced to fight back, it is a form of suicide. They are literally killing off who they used to be. Which is why, when forced to take up violence, these men who wanted to be left alone fight with unholy vengeance against those who murdered their former lives. They fight with raw hate and a drive that cannot be fathomed by those who are merely play-acting at politics and terror. True terror will arrive at these people's door and they will cry, scream, and beg for mercy. But it will fall upon the deaf ears of the men who just wanted to be left alone. Unquote. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? 
Are we getting to that point in our nation? I certainly hope not, and that is why I am trying to go with the political solution. But have the usurpers of liberty and their useful idiots gone too far, especially these past two-plus years? Too far with lockdowns? Too far with mandates? Too far with reckless spending that is resulting in the inflation that is destroying the savings of a majority of Americans? Are they going too far with the indoctrination of our children in their godless curriculums that are divisive, corrosive, and sexualizing of children? Too far with allowing an evasion along our southern border that will result in the imposition of more and higher taxes? Did they go too far with the takeover of the nation's health insurance system under the false name of health care? Have they gone too far in ensuring that elections go a predetermined way, against the will of the people? Have the political parties gone too far with their support of everything I just mentioned? Or have we forgotten just what liberty is? and have become so apathetic to a government that hates us that we just go along to get along. All of these usurpations of liberty are definitely not supposed to be part of the limited government that the Founding Fathers envisioned for our Republic. The liberty they risk everything for and to secure it for their posterity. Us. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I will close out this week with more wisdom from God's Word. And this week it comes to us from Isaiah 42, 7. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. It will take every liberty-loving citizen standing in the arena to prevent the downfall of our constitutional republic. If you do not want to take a stand in the arena, at the very least support those who are willing to step in it and stand between you and tyranny. Do not be the bystander when the people who just want to be left alone unleash themselves. Seek out and stand shoulder to shoulder with those who want to work to a restoration of our constitutional principles. Help them to open the eyes of the people that have been blinded to the usurpations of liberty by a government that hates us. Support those that are standing in the arena to once again secure liberty for their fellow Americans and to pass it along to our posterity. In your support of those true servant leaders that are willing to take the barbs and arrows for their fellow Americans, you will be helping to free the captives from the prison of taxation without representation. You will be helping to restore liberty to those fellow Americans who have been sitting in their dark dungeon of apathy. I have chosen to take that stand in the arena for liberty that our founding fathers fought and died for. To stand in the arena to protect and defend our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Taking from our Declaration of Independence, I will leave you with this, and for the support of these efforts, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, I pledge to this effort my life, my fortune, and my sacred honor. If you are able in these tough financial conditions brought upon us all by a power and money-hungry government, 
please support my campaign financially. You can donate directly through the website libertyleadershipandlies.com or if you are uncomfortable donating online, just send me an email. I will provide you with the information on how to send a check or money order to support my campaign. Be sure and keep up to date with this campaign by signing up for the newsletter and following the website and social media pages. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.